Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with Pastor Isaac Roman in a message called Transformational Change. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then go over to our website at praisechapelparamount.com, loaded with tons of information, constantly being updated. Enjoy this message. How many of you are grateful for what God has done in your life? I'm so grateful for what God has done. Uh, I, I just, I, I just can't imagine. I, I just, as I'm, as I'm here in the presence of God with with the people of God, and just, and just in the, and just watching everyone worship, uh, I, I'm just overwhelmed by this gratitude. Pastor Omar talks about having this attitude of gratitude, and I'm just overwhelmed uh, uh, by gratitude uh, for what God has done in my life personally, uh, what God is doing in, in in our church, what God is doing in your life. Uh, and so why don't we just why don't we just thank God right now for what he's doing in our lives? Come on. Come on. Just begin to thank God. Just begin to thank God. Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, you've been so good to us, God. Father, we have an attitude of gratitude, Father. Lord, we thank you, God, that you didn't leave us where you found us, God. But, Father, you pulled us up, Lord. So, Father, we thank you tonight. We pour out our praise. We pour out our gratitude tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I was thinking right now, I was thinking we were singing this song, and I saw people, like, jumping, like, the Spirit of God was going to jump right out of them. And I thought, I thought Omar was going to have to hit it a little bit more. But uh, uh, no, we appreciate, uh, we appreciate Omar. How many, of you, how many of you appreciate our worship leader, Omar? And uh, I say this all the time. He's stewarding what God is doing in his life, personal life, his personal life, his personal uh, uh, time of devotion. And then he comes and he imparts that with us. And so we're so grateful uh, for that. Just the great Spirit of, the, uh, of God in the house tonight. I want to... Uh, I want to thank uh, our, my church family. Uh, many of you guys know that my dad passed away last Wednesday. This was sudden and unexpected. And uh, I was actually getting ready to come out and preach. And, uh, and, and we got the news. And so uh, I, I got to tell you, um, me and my family, my immediate family, we're just so... Uh, we're just so blown away by the love and the support and the prayers and those that have showed up at our house uh, with food and uh, uh, prayed with us, have laughed with us, have cried with us. And uh, I'm telling you that we are sustained not only by the power of God, but we're sustained by the relationships and the family of God that surrounded us. And so uh, I, I appreciate on behalf of me and my wife and my family, we appreciate all of you so much, and please continue to pray for us. Uh, the, the outpouring of love has, has really caused an abundance, and so now I'm, I have my siblings over at my house, and uh, everyone's eating, and everyone's having a great time, and so I just appreciate so much uh, the family of God, and uh, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for, for what you're doing. And I'll tell you, I was talking to I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, "Where would I be without the church?" And I, I'm I'm telling you, we need to put a high value on on the relationships that we have in this place, our brothers and our sisters, and uh, it's just it's just it's just phenomenal. I would ask you guys to continue to pray for our family as we uh, we're grieving, we're mourning, we're we're moving through this process. Uh, the grandchildren, I ask you, I'd also ask you to pray for my dad's wife as well and their family, uh, that God would just be with us and God would just help us. Uh, but I, I've told people, I've told a lot of people this, that uh, I am crushed, my heart is crushed, I'm devastated, uh, but my faith is intact and uh, I'm strong in the Lord. I, I feel the presence of God all over me. And uh, 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 God, it's gonna be okay. We're, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. So, uh, so uh, I, I wanna talk to you tonight 
And you can stay with me just for just for a few more minutes. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate you. Uh, I, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, about a, a thought. In uh, the title of my message is "Subject to Change." Say that with me. Say "Subject to Change." Yeah. And and uh, we understand that change is uh, change is is is, is uh, imminent, right? Change is always going to happen. And I realized this today. We were talking before we came out. I realized that uh, the the seasons are changing right now. Today was hot. My goodness, it was hot. It was 90 degrees. And I realized that the seasons were changing. And uh, uh, we're, we're looking forward to beach weather. My family, we're, we're beach people, beach bums. Uh, so we're looking forward to, uh, to, to get out to the beach. But I realized that that things were changing. And I, and I understand this, that seasons change in our lives. There's things that are constantly changing. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 3, we know this scripture. It says that for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. And I, I'm here to tell you tonight that despite whatever season you're in, I'm here to tell you that God is the God of the season, whether you're in the dry season, whether you're in the abundant season, I'm here to tell you that God is with you. And uh, I just believe that very strong tonight that God's gonna help us. God's gonna help some of us here tonight. So why don't we pray? Father, we just thank you. Lord, for your goodness, we thank you, God. Father, that you're consistent. Father, I thank you so much. Lord, that you're dependable tonight. And Father, as things change and shift around us, as dynamics come and go, Father, you are, you are consistent. Your promises remain, Father, and we stand on them tonight. I pray, Lord, tonight, Father, that you would speak Father, through me, Lord, that you would speak to your people. Father, that we would break chains and bondages off of our lives, God. Lord, I pray that we would change cycles, God, that we've been living in, God, and you would break those. Father, I pray for freedom and deliverance in the house. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Why don't we give God a big praise here? Thank you, Daniel. And so, uh, so we say this often is that... Uh, 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 change is imminent, right? And 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 we're in, really we're in a constant state of change. Things aren't always uh, how we want them to stay, and and oftentimes we get into our our comfort zones, and and uh, we're comfortable, and things are flowing, and and uh, and and then there's an interruption, uh, and 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 I, I I see that life brings these disruptions into uh, into our world, and God actually allows these disruptions into our lives so that He can fulfill. His purpose in each and every one of us, and so, uh, so Pastor Omar, he was talking to us uh, uh, the other night, and and he said uh, he said this, and I want us to understand this. He said that seasons change with time, and uh, seasons change with time, but cycles change with us. Seasons change with time, but cycles change with us. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, see, in, in a season, and, and I thought I thought about this that we know that God reveals Himself through all creation. We understand that, right? That God reveals himself through all creation. And so if you understand in, 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 in our seasons that, that God is displaying his power and his might through these seasons. Now, here, here's the thing you might say, well, 
um, uh, well, things are changing often with, with God, but it's a consistency. We could, we, we, we could count on that we're in spring. We're in the spring season right now. And that comes, that comes consistently year over after year after year. And so we understand that God has all of these things in perfect control. And so seasons change with time and uh, cycles change with us. Now, what's the difference between a cycle and a season? See, cycles are, uh, cycles are, are times that change, but people don't, okay? So uh, you could be in a cycle of your, of your life, and there could be a lot of time that, 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 that you're stuck in this cycle, but, uh, but we don't change, all right? We, we, don't, we don't catch it. And so what happens is we continue in these cycles time and time and time again, uh, and, and years pass by, and we're still in the same place, okay? Now, seasons, seasons are very, very different because seasons have an entrance and an exit. I want to say that one more time. Seasons have an entrance and an exit. And so even tonight, maybe tonight you're in a season of blessing and abundance. I say, amen, uh, give me some of that. But maybe there's some of you that are in a season of heartache, trouble, or pain. And I want to tell you that, that God is the God of the season, and there's an exit in the season that you're in tonight. So if you're struggling tonight, if you're in trouble, if you're heartache, if, if you feel devastated, if you feel hopeless, that season, there's an exit to that season, and God is going to enter you into a new season. Some of you guys are getting this. God wants us to be in seasons, not in cycles. Paul says this, as it relates to the seasons in our lives, he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. That's a word for somebody. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed through suffering our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Verse 13, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. And so we know that God, who raised Lord Jesus, who also raised us with Jesus and presents us to himself together with you, all of this, say that, say all of this. All of this is for your benefit. And listen to this, and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I said that the, that the, the, the season that you're in, that dry season, uh, uh, you're, 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 you're turning on that, that turn signal to get off the, the, the exit ramp. Uh, that is why we never go give up, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So listen to this. So don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Why don't we give God a big praise for that? 
And I'm talking to you tonight about these seasons and these things that are in our lives that we feel are never going to end. And I believe that God allows these things into our life to bring change to each and every one of us. God demands change. God demands change in our lives, change and real transformation. We say this all the time around here. It's not about, uh, it's not about information. It's not even necessarily about revelation. It's about transformation. What is God trying to do in your life right now? I'm trying to. Come on. So listen, our environment and situations are in a constant state of change uh, as it relates. And, and uh, we, as we say, it's not a matter of when things are going to or it's not a matter of if things are going to change. It's a matter of when they're going to change. There's change right around the corner. And so we say this all the time that uh, 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 Pastor Omar just recently uh, announced our, our vision statement and our change there. Uh, and we, re we recently announced it. And our, our vision statement went from when build send. And we still believe in all of that. But today it's reach, restore, release. And we believe, we, we believe that we, we're called to reach more people. We're, we believe that we're called to reach this community. Uh, I was talking with Pastor Omar and he told me years ago that the Holy Spirit gave him this word. And he said that the city of Paramount is his spiritual inheritance. And I want you to understand that we are walking in this season of, of, of spiritual blessing and spiritual inheritance and the people of God have to seize it. And so we're here to reach those that are lost, restore them, and, and release them back into ministry. This is significant. This is a significant time in, in, in our ministry, in, in this time that you're here with us in Praise Chapel Paramount. But I'll tell you this, whenever there's change, there's going to be critics. Whenever there's change, there's going to be critics, okay? So, so people don't like change, and all of a sudden, if they don't like it, they don't understand it, they can't control it, they're going to start talking bad about it, okay? And so, uh, so constantly, uh, whenever there's change, there's always, uh, there's always critics. Now, I remember this. I, I grew up in, in the church from, from a very young boy, and I remember that there was transitions even in ministry. And uh, I remember that way back in the day that we would sing hymnals from a hymn book. And it was great. I loved it. Uh, I, I, I did. I, I, I liked that. But then we went to this overhead projector and we started singing this more contemporary uh, music. And I remember that there were those that said, oh, you know, uh, we're bringing rock and roll into the church. And now there's electric guitars and, and all this stuff. And people were talking bad about it. And then I remember this other transition where, uh, w where we would give, we'd give our tithes and our offerings and we'd give that by check or by cash. And then we introduced debit cards into, into the ministry and, and allowed people to give that way more conveniently. And I remember the critics would say, well, the church has allowed the mark of the beast into the church. And, and it, it, it's just crazy. Everyone is just a critic. And uh, 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 lastly, I, I remember as social media started to become a, a, a big thing in church and there would be those that would take pictures and post it onto social media, put it on Facebook, put it on, uh, you know, whatever was, was, was out there. And there would be those critics just, you know, just with, with their arms crossed, they can't believe that the people of God are, are distracted by social media and, and putting this stuff out there. And, uh, and there was a big debate about that. What, should you be doing that instead of worshiping God and, and all of this stuff? And I want to, I want to tell you tonight, I, I want to ask you to not be offended by our team. Our team is walking around and we're capturing things and we're posting it. Why are we doing that? Because we want to reach more people. We want to, we want to broadcast what God is doing in this house. We want to broadcast that to more and more people.
Don't be offended. Don't be offended by our lights. Don't be offended by our cameras. Don't be offended by the mover as he's walking through, uh, walking through the, the altar here and bumping you. Don't, don't be offended by those things because we want to reach more people. This house has been called to reach this community. Pastor Omar said the other day, he said, we'll do anything short of sin, anything short of sin to save more, to, to allow God to save more souls, to reach more people. We'll do anything short of sin to reach more people because souls is what it's all about. Now, I want to tell you this, that, that uh, I'm going to let you in on a little something. Typically, wherever there's a critic, there's a religious spirit. Wherever there's a critic, there's a religious spirit. Now, I'm, I'm going to show you in Scripture so you don't think that I'm just talking crazy here. But who was offended? Who was offended by the prophets? Who was offended by John's message? Who was offended by Jesus' message? It was the religious people. And these, these men, these prophets, John the Baptist, Jesus, the apostles, they were, they were designed by God as agents of change in this world. They were commissioned to be agents of change in this world. And I'm here to tell you, wherever there's a critic, if, even if it's you tonight, check yourself and, and, and let's cast out that religious spirit tonight. Whenever there's change, there's going to be critics. Now listen, in this life we have, uh, we and everything around us is subject to change. It's subject to change. Your health is subject to change. You could go for a checkup and all of a sudden, bad report. Everything changes. Your wealth is subject to change. Pandemic. Business is lost. Your wealth is subject to change. For those of you in school, your major is subject to change. Amen. Amen. I'll say it for you. Your career is subject to change. Your living situation is subject to change. Your family dynamic is subject to change. Your marital status is subject to change. We don't know what's going to happen. Now, in this world of uncertainty, in this world of dynamics and variables, we understand this, that we have a confidence in an unchangeable God. We have confidence in an unchangeable God. I was listening and talking about hymns and I've been listening to a song. I'm, I'm telling you, worship just soothes my soul. And I was listening to a song. It's great is thy faithfulness. Some of you guys know that. I want to read these lyrics to you. It says, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not as thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. That means he is unchanging. The way that he was back then is the same way that he's going to be today. The, the promises that he gave you last year and, 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 and years ago, he's still faithful to those promises. The same way that he delivered you from that season that you felt like was hopeless is the same way that he's going to deliver you in this season. And so it goes on to say, uh, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And so we, 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 our confidence and our security is not in your career or your finances or your living status or your, or your property. Your confidence has to be grounded, has to be anchored in God Almighty. Everything is subject to change except for God himself. Everything is subject to change except God 
himself. The prophet Isaiah, in uh, Isaiah 48, it says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. And so things are going to change. Your situation today is going to change, but we, but, but we lean on God's unchangeability. This is, uh, uh, this is a theological term. It's called the immutability of God. That means he just never changes. He's consistent. Time and time and time again, he comes through. Time and time and time again, he wins. And he is never, never changing in our lives. And so I want to talk to you tonight about change, and we understand that change is not easy. Say that. Say change is not easy. Change is not easy. And if it was, everyone would do it. Listen to this. If it was, everyone would do it. But I'm convinced, I told you, I'm convinced that God demands change in each and every one of us. The Pastor Omar says this often, and I love it. He says that God will meet you right where you're at. And so tonight I want to tell you, it doesn't matter where you're at in your life. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter. God will meet you right where you're at and he'll love you and he'll forgive you and he'll, and he'll begin a sanctification process in your life and he'll, he'll clean you up and he'll set you up on, on a firm ground. But God loves you too much to leave you right there. God wants to take you from there and move you to glory, to glory, to glory. Victory after victory after victory. So God will meet you wherever you're at but loves you too much to leave you there. And listen, if that's the reality of life, we need to learn how to change. We, we need to make change our friend. We need to make change our friend tonight. And so wanting things to change doesn't make things change, okay? So we could all have great intentions, all right? Uh, we could all start the new, uh, the new keto diet. We could all start uh, work, you know, working out. We could start walking or running or whatever it is. Um, uh, uh, and, and we may even have aspirations to do better things than that. But your aspirations and your thoughts and your wanting to and desire to is not going to make anything change. And so we have to do the work. We, we have to do the work that it requires in our lives to change. And so change is worth the temporary pain of sticking to a plan or even a process and saying no to what you want now and saying yes uh, to what you want in the future. So these are disciplines that we need to start implementing into our lives. I, I want to share a story with you uh, of a man that wrote this. He says, when I was a young man, I wanted to change the world. I found it was difficult to change the world, so I tried to change my nation. When I found I couldn't change the nation, I began to focus on my town. I couldn't change the town as, I, uh, as an older man, so I tried to change my family. Now, as an old man, I realize the only thing I can change is myself. And suddenly, I realized that if long ago had I changed myself, I could have made an impact on my family. And my family, my family and I could have made an impact on our town, and their impact could have changed the nation, and I could have indeed changed the world. And so I wanna, I wanna help us to understand this tonight, that when we get right down to the, to, to the nitty gritty here, when we get down to this, the only thing that we can change in this world is ourselves. And so we have to, we have to get a, a different perspective. We have to start to look at things different. We have to ask God to give, to allow us to, to see things and situations through a heavenly lens or a heavenly filter in our lives. And the, the moment that we begin to understand this, everything changes. And this is a very, very powerful thing. 
Now, I, I want to show, I want to share with you a, um, a, a, a video here tonight, uh, real quick about, uh, about, uh, uh, men in history that have made change. And so we could cue that video, uh, right now. How many of you are crazy enough to think that you could change the world? Okay, there's like some over here. How many of you are crazy enough to think that you could change the world? I look at Jesus, and Jesus took 12 men and flipped the world upside down. And so if you believe that you could do this, if you, if you believe, if you surrender, allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, allow God to begin to change your mind, change your, your lifestyle, change your disciplines, I believe that God is calling us to be world shakers and changers in our communities, in our families, in our workplaces, and everywhere that we go in the marketplace. So tonight, I want, I want to give you six practical things, just real, real quick, six practical things, and then I'm going to move on. But I always like to give, uh, I always like to give you something practical so that you can leave here and you can start implementing these things. So this is the first thing, a practical truth in how we can implement change. Nothing ever changes until you do. Nothing ever changes until you do. So if you have external circumstances that are making you unhappy, change them. You have to do the work. You have to change them, but change them in an intelligent way. Change them uh, in, in counsel and in, in, in getting the mind of God, getting leaders around you, getting brothers and sisters around you that are able to speak into your situation and give you wisdom. Uh, the Bible says in Psalms 12, 15, it says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. How many? How many of you have brothers and sisters that you're listening to? You're just allowing them to speak into your life. I guess I'm the only one. Okay, we got a few. You got to get around some people. You got to get around some people that have godly wisdom and are speaking into your life and, and breathing life into you, giving you direction. Looking at, those, looking at those blind spots or those spots that are kind of rough and saying, hey, you got to fix that right there. You got to change that right there. So the first thing is nothing ever changes until you do. The second thing, this is tough, this is tough, is that you, if you want true change, you have to face yourself. You have to see what's going on in you. You have to be real with yourself. You have to be transparent with yourself. There's no running or hiding, okay? There's nowhere that you can run or hide. You can't keep this little pet sin. You can't make it look all good on the outside, but be fooling around on, 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 in the dark. You can't do that. You, you have to be true and face what's going on in your life. You have to do this. You have to do this. And so the Bible says, uh, the Bible says in James 1, 23 through 25, it says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And so listen, we have to change our toxic thoughts. We have to change the, the way that we think and perceive things. We have to change these things and allow the law of God, the statutes of God, the, the wisdom of God to get in us and to change us from the inside out. The third thing is this, is that you have to believe you can change. You have to believe that you can change. And then this, and then you have to persevere. So again, it's just not a matter of thinking or wanting or hoping. You have to believe that you could change, and then you have to go and do the work. And so don't hope you can change, but believe that you can, and begin to put the disciplines in your life to make those changes in your life. God demands change in each and every one of us. 
The Bible says in Romans 8.38 that it says, uh, Paul says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And so we have to understand that, that God is there, that God is going to help us, that God is going to strengthen us so that we could persevere in this change and transformation in our lives. The fourth thing, we have to watch out for our unconscious along the way. Uh, there's so many things that are in our minds, in our hearts, things that we, that, that, we, that we grew up with, different thought processes and behavior patterns. We have to watch out for all of these things that creep up in our hearts and our minds. And so, uh, again, Paul in Romans 1.18 through 19, he says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And so this is, you're suppressing the things that God are saying in your life. You're, you're pushing them away or you're, 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 you're distancing yourself from them. Verse 19 says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. And so I want to tell you tonight that God wants to destroy those strongholds, those mindsets, those things that have strong bondages in our lives. God wants to destroy those things with the truth of his word. And he wants to reveal himself to each and every one of us tonight. Number five, we have to avoid a real self versus an ideal self war. Uh, how many of you have an internal battle going on in your heart and your mind daily? How many of you? Okay, all right, all of us. All right, I, I thought it was just me. I'm in good company. And so listen, we're, we're constantly fighting against ourselves. We're constantly uh, 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 um, talking down to ourselves, negative self-talk and, and, and all these things and, and thinking about the past and those things that you can't change, you can't control, consistently thinking about these things. And so we have to stop fighting against ourselves uh, and understand that we need to transform into our God-given identity, the person that we all aspire to be. Uh, Paul talks about this, and I love this. This is like, this is me right here, Romans 7. The Bible says, so I find this law at work, although I want to do good, Evil is right there with me. How many of you are there? I want to do good, but evil is right there with me. For my inner being, I delight in God's, in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Verse 25, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so I want to tell you, we all have this inner turmoil, okay, this battle of, of, of the flesh and the spirit, and it's at war with each other. But understand that God is going to deliver us. If we would submit and surrender to his word, God will bring the change and the transformation that's necessary. The, ne the last thing is this, is that we need to take it day by day. Now, I, I'm telling you today in, in, in the season that I'm in with my family, I, I understand this. I understand that from one day to the next, uh, it, it's tough. But if we would just take it one day at a time and not worry about the things that happened yesterday, not project about the fears and the anxieties of tomorrow, but just understand that God is working all these things out. Even when I don't see it, I know that God is working. I, I just, he's going to make a way. And I just, I'm just going to trust 
in Him. And so transformational change is created through daily individual actions. These are decisions. These are decisions that you have to make. Uh, we could aspire, we could want, we could desire, we could pray that God would change us, but it ultimately comes down to a decision and you have control over that decision. There are no victims here. You have control over your decision making. There are no victims. There's only victors in the house and in Christ. Some of you guys got that. 2 Corinthians 4.16, the Bible says, that is why we never give up. Why don't you turn to someone and say, don't give up. All right, the other person, don't give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. That's why we don't give up. And so we're all subject to change. We're all subject to, to change. And the true transformational change that God desires from us is only accomplished, I'm gonna say a bad word right now, it's only accomplished through repentance. It's only accomplished through repentance. The real transformational change that God desires is only accomplished through repentance. And, and I'm, I'm sure there's some that are sitting out there right now saying, well, pastor, I, I, I repent you know, daily and I repent you know, from moment to moment. And I, 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 I pray that that's true because there's power there. But I want to talk to you about what does it mean for, to, to have true repentance in our lives. I want to I set some people free here tonight. I want you to begin to walk in the truth of God and the power of God in your life. So listen, John, John the Baptist's message was a very simple message. Uh, he says, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And so when John the Baptist started his ministry, he preached the importance of repentance. Now, who was he preaching to? Who was he preaching to? Was he, was he preaching to the Gentiles? Was he preaching to those that didn't understand what was going on? No, he was preaching to the religious people. He was preaching to the church people. Repentance. Repent of your sins. Turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so the word repentance means this. Very simply, it's to change your mind. Why don't you turn to someone and say, change your mind. No, say it again. Change your mind. Because we say these things, but we don't do it. Our mindsets are the same way. It's a fixed mindset. We're, we're still battling with the, with, with the past failures. We've got to change our minds. And so a person who repents must change their mind and most importantly must implement their repentance into action. So without the action, repentance becomes pointless. So uh, let, let me make this very clear to you. You can repent of sin, and if you go out and willfully sin, that, that repentance doesn't work. That's not real repentance, okay? So it's not about a prayer. It's about a lifestyle. It's about a decision. It's about honoring God in your life. I love this. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this, this fuels me right here. In Matthew 3, 8, John the Baptist, he says this. He says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit by keeping in repentance. What kind of fruit is in your life tonight? What kind of fruit is in your life tonight? It, John says that you could only produce fruit by keeping in repentance. So for instance, Peter denied Jesus, and, and later he repented. We know that. And he showed his repentance through his actions. And so he repented, but not only did he just say the prayer, not only did he ask for forgiveness, but it was a lifestyle change. He changed his actions, doing the ministry of Christ. And so in case he repents, but didn't produce the fruit of that repentance, 
What would be his purpose in repenting? So many of us, again, we, we come and we're, we're at the altar and I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, uh, uh, I, I'm not belittling uh, your remorse. I'm not belittling your emotion. I'm not belittling the things and the desires that you have. But if you come to this altar and you lay it all down at the altar and then you pick it up as soon as you walk out, what is the purpose of that repentance? So we must repent and act. We must repent and act. I, I got to move. I got to move quickly here. And so the first thing is this, is that we have to change our view. Say, change your view. So the Bible says in Psalms 51, 3, it says, For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Romans 3, 20 says, The law simply shows us how sinful we are. We have to change our view. The law is showing us. The Bible is talking to us. Uh, we understand that David and his sin with Bathsheba, his sin was against Uriah and, and, and against Bathsheba. But he had a realization that it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't uh, the trust. It wasn't the violation to another human being, although that was part of it. The Bible says that uh, he came to this realization and this recognition in Psalms 51.4. He says this. He's crying out. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Who is he talking to? He's not talking to Bathsheba. He's talking to God. And so he understood and he changed his view and he understood that he's not violating relationships with human beings, but he's violating a covenant relationship with a holy God. Now, how you see a thing is how you receive a thing. Pastor Omar says this often. And so we have to change our view. Now, we understand that if, if, you're, if you're in a low place in a battlefield, if you're in a low place, uh, you have obstructions to your view. You're not able to see what's going on around you. You're not able to see what the strategy is out there. But if you get a high ground, say high ground. Say high ground. high ground. If you get to a high ground, now you're able to see clearly. And I, I'm, I want to tell you tonight that as I'm telling you to change your view, I'm asking you to get a heavenly perspective as to what is going on in your life. Begin to get a heavenly strategy about what's going on in your family and begin to pray into that and begin to get an understanding of these things. The next thing is this, is that you have to change your feelings. Change your feelings. Change your feelings. And so Paul said to the Corinthians, now I am glad I sent it, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have, so you are not harmed by us in any way. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. What is he talking about? He's talking about repentance that doesn't have action behind it. And it's not about your feelings. It's not about how sorry you feel, although that's a good thing. You should feel sorry. But ultimately, it's not about your emotion. It's about your decisions and your actions and changing these things and honoring God. The last thing is to change your purpose. And I could have the I can have the, the worship team come up. We need to change our purpose. We need to change your purpose. We need to change your purpose. 
Repentance comes so that we could change our purpose. Billy Sunday said that religion is not something for your handkerchief, but for your backbone. And so it's not, religion is not, the repentance that we're talking about is not uh, for, for the tissue box, okay? Although, although I understand that, I understand that when you're grieving God and, and your heart is torn and you're, and you're crying, I understand those things. But it can't be there. It's got to change who you are. It's got to, you, you have to be transformed. This means a, a, uh, an inward turning from sin that we're turning away from those things. And it's funny that, that I'm here, I'm preaching this to a bunch of people that are out here on a Wednesday night, Christians, people that are believers. But the, the message, the message that John was preaching was to the church. Jesus came and he was preaching to the church. He was preaching to us about repentance. And we have to get this church. This is the power of God is repentance in our lives. I think about this story, and we and you've heard it several times here recently. But the prodigal son, I can't get my, I, I just can't get uh, get the story out of out of my mind. It says, and we're talking about changing our purpose, and it says that uh, it says that that uh, th this change or this turning to God uh, that the prodigal son showed this in the story in Luke 15, 18 and 20. It says, "I will go home to my father." He's, you, we know the story. He's down and out. He has nothing left. Everyone left him, and he really. Realizes, I have a home, I have a father that loves me. And he realizes in his brokenness that he could turn to someone. And so the Bible says, I will go home to my father. So he returned home to his father. This is, this is a, a, a picture of him turning from sin, turning from the lifestyle that he desired so much, the lifestyle that brought him so much fun in the moment. He turns from that and turns towards his father. And he begins to go back after his spiritual inheritance, the spiritual blessing. And we know the story that the father just just wraps him in his arms and receives him back and this is the story this is the picture that God paints for us in repentance of sin this is the story this is the picture turning away from that lifestyle turning away from those things that are pulling on our hearts that are distracting us that are robbing us that are aborting the call and destiny of God in our lives turning away from those things and chasing after God Listen, this, this, this world is brutal. I, I, I've, I've said that often here recently. This world is brutal. Life is brutal. Okay, I understand. I understand that we're going through things. And I understand that things aren't working out the way that we wanted to. And I understand that we need this thing to happen so that this other thing could happen. I understand all of those things. Okay? But I, I'm telling you, if you would just posture yourself before God, if you just surrender yourself before God, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in you. God will power you through. God will take you through. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm here to tell you that. We're never alone. The Bible said, the, the, uh, Paul said that we're not abandoned by God. We're never, we're never left alone. God will never forsake us. God will never leave us. He's closer than a brother. I, I, I want to share this story with you. It says, uh, uh, it's a story about a boy that's about to begin his youth's rite of passage. Okay. And so this young boy, is, and so his father takes him into the forest, blindfolded and leaves him alone. He is required to sit on a stump for the entire night and not take off the blindfold until the ray of sunshine uh, until the ray of sunshine through it he's all by himself he can't cry no one's around and so the story goes on to say once he survives the night he then becomes a man so he's he's going through this rite of passage 
And so he can't tell the other boys of this experience. Each boy has to come to his own manhood. So the boy's terrified. And he could hear all kinds of noises around him. It seems like the beasts were all around him. Maybe even someone was out there that was going to hurt him. The wind blew the grass and the earth, and uh, the wind blew the grass and the earth, and it shook the stump that he was sitting on. But he sat stoically. That means that he sat in confidence and strength. He sat there, never removing the blindfold. It would be the only way he could become a man. And so finally, after this horrific night, the sun appeared and he removed his blindfold. It was then that he saw his father sitting on the stump, stump next to him, keeping watch for the entire night. We're never truly alone. Even when we don't know it, even when we don't see it, even when it doesn't make sense, even when we feel that everyone has forsaken us, everyone has left us, we're never alone. God is watching out for us and God is sitting on that stump right next to us, watching out for us. How many of you are thankful that God's never left you? I want you, if you would, just bow your heads in reverence to, to God here tonight. I said a lot of things. I said, I was talking about change, and, and, and ultimately I believe that, uh, that change, as I said, is imminent. Change is, is happening. Change is, is, is even happening here tonight. I believe that the Holy Spirit is even changing your heart and your mind about some things. I, I believe even as I was speaking that the Holy Spirit was pointing to situations, pointing to relationships in your life that God is, wants to change in, in, in your life. And so I, I'm here to deliver this message Right? I'm here to deliver the word that God put on me. And this is, this is the word, is that God demands change and transformation in each and every one of us. And so it doesn't matter to me tonight what, uh, what your status is. It doesn't matter to me tonight if you're a leader, if, you, if this is your first time here. It doesn't matter to me about any of those things. All that matters is that we are living a lifestyle and producing fruit that's worthy of repentance in our lives. And so I want to give a call tonight uh, for anyone that, as I'm speaking, you're saying, I, I need change in my life. I need God in my life. I need the Holy Spirit to come and change me from the inside out. I want to give an opportunity for you to respond to what I'm saying here and understand it's not my words, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And so if you're here tonight, I want you just to lift your hand and say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, this change that you're talking about, I need that in my life. I, I'm, 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 I'm stuck. I'm stuck in this cycle that just goes on and on and on. I'm struggling with the same sin that just continues to come back and eat at my eat at my life, eat at my conscience, and I need change in my life. Is there anybody here tonight you say, you know, Pastor Isaac, I need that right now. I, I can't see you. Um, if you would just lift your hand, we want to pray for you. We want to give an opportunity to pray tonight. We got we got a young lady right here in, in, in the front. Anybody else at all? Again, I can't I can't see you. If your hands are up, if your hands are up, keep them up here, please. Again, God, the Holy Spirit is here tonight. Don't don't miss this opportunity. I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing. This is bold. I'm gonna ask you if you raise your hand, if you're, maybe you didn't even raise your hand, but if you're here and you say, you know what, I need that change in my life, I want you to get up out of your seat and, and meet me right here. Come on, just get up out of your seat and meet me right here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Just get out of your seat. Meet me right here. Meet me right here. Come on. Come on, people are clapping for you. We got more coming in the back. Come on, come on. This is what it's all about. This is the only thing that matters is people getting right with God. Come on, come on. Come on, just keep on coming, come on. Come on. Just come up here, we're gonna have people start praying with you. Come on, anybody else? Just get out of your seat, let's go, let's go. The Holy Spirit, God wants to change things in your life. 
God wants to change cycles in your life. God wants to change those things. Come on. I want, uh, I want our ministers here. I want you to just begin to pray right now. Begin to pray. I want you to lead them in the sinner's prayer. We're praying repentance tonight. And it's not just a prayer. It's not just a prayer, but it's, but it's a decision in our lives. It's a decision in our lives. Come on. Come on, Christians. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you begin to turn, turn things, change things, God. Father, that you begin to break cycles off of us, Lord. Father, that we would understand that the life that you call us to is a seasonality life. Father, that you're taking us in and out of seasons, Father. Father, we thank you for the season of abundance. We thank you, God, for the season of blessing. Father, we thank you, God. We have an attitude of gratitude tonight. But Father, we thank you tonight, God, for the seasons of heartache. Father, the seasons of struggle. Lord, we understand, God, that a faith that's not been tested can't be trusted. Lord, so we pray tonight, God, that you would test us. Father, that we'd be refined in the fire, God. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.